Welcome, everybody. Time to get in the cage right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. We do it every week. A pleasure to bring back to the program a man we love talking to, former middleweight contender in the UFC and just all-around good guy, Nate Rock Corey is with us. Nate, how are you, man? Hey, I'm doing awesome. Thank you. Hey, uh, before we get in, I know you got some exciting stuff going on with what you do outside of the world of uh, MMA. We'll get into your graphic novel that's out there in a moment. I just want to get your take on the what turned into a big event. And I guess I kind of knew it would be because there's the car crash mentality, right? We you, Things you just can't look away from. You just do as much as you want to, you can't. And what I'm talking about is the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. exhibition that went on. I mean, you had a... You had a YouTube star fighting a former NBA player. That was a bit of a debacle. And then you you saw, you know, two guys in their 50s fighting each other. And by all accounts, it was wildly successful. I mean, I watched it. It was probably better than what you expected when you expect nothing. It's it's easy to exceed. So um, I'm just curious about the viability of it, in your opinion, because now we're hearing, you know, Evander Holyfield's out there saying, well, the only fight people want to see is Tyson and Holyfield 3, and, you know, I won't do it for less than $25 million and but And I'm just thinking, is there a market for that? Do people – would you – I mean, back in the day, those were great, but do we want to see a 57-year-old Evander Holyfield against a 54-year-old Mike Tyson and pay – 60 bucks for it maybe 70 this time uh i know i don't do people people love these callbacks back to their youth it's like they always say you hit 30 years old and then everything that you collected and played with as a kid boy everybody they have the midlife crisis are buying up that all over again and <laughs> i can kind of understand the attraction of it but to me it's just a spectacle it's like conor mcgregor and and Floyd, Floyd Mayweather. If I'm going to watch boxing, I want to see a good boxing match. I want to see two professionals at the title for a good solid ranking. That's how I'm going to spend my time is finding the best in their prime. I've seen Tyson fight in his prime. Man, he was great. That was awesome. Brutal knockouts. Great. He's not the same guy anymore. And I understand why he would want to do it. You know, it's a huge payday for him. And it gets you back in the ring one more time, maybe two more times. It's it's really sad when you have to hang up the gloves. You know, I my last fight was in 2010. It was heartbreaking. I was crying on camera. I was crying in the bathroom after we were done filming because it was just accepting. I'm never going to walk down that ramp again. From my perspective as a fighter myself, I wanted to leave when people still wanted me to fight. I didn't want it to be kind of a sad spectacle. And I've seen that over and over again throughout the years when you see the slow decline of the once great fighter, and then it becomes a little sad. And it actually kind of ties right into my zombie cage fighter graphic novel that we were going to talk about. <clears throat> so in my, in my comic book story of zombie cage fighter, I'm still struggling. No, it's for a little bit of food money here and there. And I get beat up by this young kid in his 20s. And here I'm into my 40s. And I've got a daughter I'm trying to take care of. And the promoter just looks at me after this beating and says, you're done, man. Go home. No one's excited to see you on the card anymore. They feel sorry when you're on the card. And that's why it leads my character into the underground zombie cage fights where you take this his old girl got one last dream, and that's to make sure his little girl doesn't end up like him and put him in a cage against the undead. So in the world of zombie cage fighter, I'm just a, an old 
broken, broken fighter looking to, to take care of my little girl. And I've got one final dream that hasn't died. That's just to make sure my daughter doesn't end up like me, this old washed up fighter. And fortunately, it took us quite a while to get this story done. I have a lot of work with some incredible artists. Uh, we finally brought it all together. And I'm proud to say that we're running a Kickstarter campaign right now. And for those that don't know, that's a crowdfunding source where people can go and they can essentially pre-order my book. It's, it's ready at the printers to go. We're just collecting all these orders so we can print it out and be ready to ship it out. And if you go to zombiecagefighter.com, we've got a link right there to head to our Kickstarter page. But it, it really is it's the story of my life, what I've been through as a fighter and as a single father. And I turn on zombies. And if you take out the MMA, if you take out uh, the zombies, then what it comes down to is a father trying to take care of his little girl to give her a better life than he's had. And I think as a parent, as, as all parents, that's, that's our goal. We want to see our children be more successful than us, to have a happier life than we've had. So I, I feel like the story really resonates, and I've been so fortunate to get so many great artists to work on this book. It's really a dream come true to, to have this finished and finally available to get out there because my goal is beyond the Kickstarter campaign has just been to get my story out there, to share my story with the world and, and know that people can maybe escape for, for a while into my world and enjoy themselves. Now, you, you had a couple of issues that came out, what, a couple, a couple of years ago, right? Was it? Yes. So back in 2012, I it just gave a snapshot of what the world of Zombie Cage Fighter is. And my whole goal really was to see if anyone else thought this was an interesting story if it, or if it was just me. And the biggest complaint I got from everybody was, well, dude, finish the story. When, when do we get to hear the rest of it? And so it's been eight years since that issue came out. And I've been slowly, we'd finish one issue and I'd release that at Comic-Con, that'd be at the second issue. And then when I got this new team of artists, I had them redo the entire book so it all looks very consistent all the way through. And none of these really have been released to the public. So it's, it's the first printing that people are going to get the CDs with the complete artist in this format. So they go to zombiecagefighter.com and they can get involved. Now, as far as what you did years ago versus what this is, is this more of a book right now? Or is this like in a, in a, I don't know, how many pages is this versus what you released? I'm trying to get the distinction between what was there before and what's coming out now. So what I did in 2012 was just a single comic book. And comic okay. Books are usually about 22 pages of artwork and story. And this is the entire story, which would be six comic books then, all put together in one. So six times 22. And uh, when my artist was drawing this out, I gave him the instruction, if you find something that you think should be bigger, if you need to put in another page to tell the story graphically better, do that. So it's much bigger than just your average six-issue uh, comic book trade paperback or graphic novel, as we call them. And that's how I like to read my comic books these days. As a kid, comic books were my escape from my rather unpleasant childhood. I was able to see some superheroes doing the right thing, fighting for the cause. And now with my own graphic novel, I just hope the same thing, that people get to read this story, get lost in it for a while, and, and get some enjoyment. 
Now, what what kind of feedback have you gotten? You talked about being at Comic Con. I mean, that's that's right in the wheelhouse for for an audience that's really going to eat this up. And you know, not everybody's comic book people. I, I didn't really get into it much as a kid, but the, the looking at yours, it, it looks really really interesting. What kind of feedback have you gotten from those that are within the comic community, if you will, like Comic Con and things like that? In the comic book community, I've gotten a really one of the biggest superstar in the comic book world is Kevin Smith, the director of Clerks and Mallrats and yep. all those. Yeah. I I had my issue zero, the first issue we did back in 2012, featured on his show, Comic Book Man. <laughs> and he just covered this on his podcast on Monday night, Fat Man Beyond, where he said how much he really enjoyed this and was potentially looking to work with me as to put it into a movie. But wow. I, I have to say, I think one of the best compliments that I've gotten were from my own agent. Because I sent him the story several years ago, and it was the usual, hey, I'm going to run this by you. I didn't hear back from him for a month or two. And I'd send him a text, hey, have you read my story yet? Oh, not yet. You know, I've he calls me, and he goes, man, I have to tell you. And let me remind you, this is my own agent. I pay him. Yeah. <laughs> he calls me, and he says, I didn't want to read this because I knew it was going to suck. But, oh, my God, this is actually really good. <laughs> what do you want to do with this? What kind of, me, what kind of faith is that? I knew it was going to suck. And, I, and I, have, I have the exact same story from Joe Silva, the matchmaker for DC, who's probably the second biggest comic book nerd in the world. I gave him my story, and same thing. Hey, Joe, have you had a chance to read it? He calls me 10 p.m. on a Sunday night. It's 1 a.m., at his house back on the East Coast, he's in bed with a cold, and he tells me, look, I, I started this. I was just going to read a couple pages just to shut you up. I, <laughs> I couldn't put it down. I finished the story. Oh, my God, this is amazing. What do you want to do with this? And like, well, you know, I see you taking over the world. I, I want this to be the number one movie. I, I want to do comic book, all those things. So for me, I, I derive so much pleasure actually winning over the haters when they read my story and they realize, first off, I scripted all of the fight scenes. I sat here and said, well, how would you fight an actual zombie? It's like if you were fighting somebody with a knife. That's the most important thing. The knife changes everything. With a zombie, the bite changes everything. So I've got to make sure I don't get bit. Well, I can't knock him out. He's not going to tap out. So how do I break him down? Okay, if I can pull him into an ankle lock, I can shred his knee. Now he can't get up and chase me. Maybe I can kick him in the head and, until I crack his skull open or something like that. <clears throat> and then stories, portions of it, of, uh, of my daughter. Like in third grade, she was getting picked on by some bullies at school. And I showed up to her school, and I introduced myself to these nine-year-old bullies. And I said, hey, man, you know, this is my daughter, and, and I really love her, and I would appreciate it if, if you would look out for her. And the little boy with very wide eyes just nodded his head yes and then took off like a shot. So I was able to put that in the story. It's it truly is my life, and of course I have the. There's never been a promoter in the world that's ever made a dime on any of the shows, and they're wanting me to go up against this monster of a zombie and pay me peanuts, and I get to tell them, "Oh yes, that's right, I've forgotten." There's never been a promoter in the history of the game that's ever made a dime. You all just do this for the love of the sport. Hell, I should be paying you for the privilege of fighting on your card. Good luck with your show next week. And then, of course, it's, oh, hey, 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 you know, you know, maybe we can come up with a little something. Don't, but that, that's the fight game. <laughs> so I really tried to make it as, as realistic in my life and my world as possible. 
same time, I'm just an old school comic book nerd, so I had to add in some sensation of the zombie apocalypse and all the goodness that comes with that. Now, before before we let you go, is there is there more in the tank? I mean, is this a you've got story ideas as far as a series goes? If this if this gains some traction, becomes popular, you've got enough to sustain the franchise, so to speak. I do. So this would be the the first story, the first movie, my first graphic novel. The sequel was all based on my daughter, and I can't give away too much of it, but. As happy as I am with the story of the first one, I'm just as happy with the story of the second one. When it comes into the third one, that'll be about my son, Atticus. By that time, I'll just have sold out, and it'll be crappy. Yeah, buy it or don't, I don't care. But the first two are just going to be amazing. Fantastic. Again, zombiecagefighter.com. Zombiecagefighter.com is where you can uh, jump headfirst into this. It looks awesome, Nate. I'm 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 happy to hear that Kevin Smith. I love that I, I love that your agent thought it was going to stink, and then you know, same with Joe Silva. I'd be going, "What do you guys think of me? What what's going on here?" But uh, you won him over, and I'm I'm guessing that'll be true for a lot of people. And uh, we wish you nothing but the best on this, man. We always appreciate you coming on, and look forward to talking to you again soon, my friend. Awesome! Thank you so much for having me, and stay safe out there. <laughs> 